Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. We're joined today by our guests, Jack and Greg. And we're super excited to get into talking with them about the Freedom Initiative and everything. But as you guys know, we've got to start with some vital statistics. And that is this. If you like this podcast, we want you to share it. We want you to review it. We want you to give it a five-star rating. We, and, and if you're really interested, then you can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. To those of you who already support this podcast, thank you so much. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women like you who want to experience a disciple-making movement in their neighborhood. And if you haven't done it yet, you need to download our app. Download What are you waiting for? This whole library of podcasts right there at your fingertips, along with videos and PDFs and announcements of events like the National Night of Prayer we just had and some other things that are out there. You need to get this app. So you need to join the couple thousand, almost 3,000 now people who've downloaded our app and use it all the time in order to make disciples. All right, all right. Enough talking, enough pre-listening material. I'm super excited to be able to talk about the Freedom Initiative today. Rebecca, take us away. Hey, uh, yeah. So we have with us today Jack McCarty and Greg Woodard. Uh, these are uh, people that we're so honored to be working with. Now we are hit with CDM. It's a part of New Wing and that is built to be able to focus on engaging and uh, prisoners, seeing them come to know Jesus in such a way that they actually are helping to reach other prisoners. And then uh, as they come out of the system, be able to uh, be both helped physically and also and practically, but then also to help them be faci- to become disciple makers into uh, the populace. And that's going to be such a great thing to see uh, through these men. Of course, our journey started a long time ago. Uh, when I say a long time ago, it's a long, long time ago, but it's a, it's a, days. a, a few years ago. Far away. Yes, more like four, four or five years ago with our good friend Jack, as he started uh, it, it going into a maximum security prison to be able to to help start this, uh, it, taking using DMM principles to be able to reach there. And while he's there, he was able to meet Greg, who is in the prison and who, he, who is now uh, not only a fellow believer and follower of Jesus along with us, but now he's on, he is out and with us on our team. And uh, we're just so happy in order to have him with us. And so, uh, first off, hello, men. Good to have you on the the, the program. Good afternoon. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Uh, awesome, awesome. And so, what I want us to start off with some celebrations. So, celebrations about what God's doing now, what God has been doing over the recent years, uh, through this whole thing, just so that people can be able to see. Uh, how he's been using this so far. So men, what are some of the, the highlights that you've been seeing lately of of things that we want to be able to be celebrating um, and thankful to God for? Well, I could think of some things that go on today. We actually saw two answers of prayer of people involved on our prayer calendar. 
and uh, they were big deals. And one of them involved a widow lady who is struggling to get her rent paid so that anyway, she needed help and God sent her some. And the other one had to do with another parolee that Greg is closer to than me. You want to tell about his deal? Yeah, he's uh, <clears throat> he's just been out of uh, prison about eight months and uh, he's been having some some uh, minor difficulties. But uh, the last couple of days, he's been struggling with an electronic monitor. And, and uh, you know, these seem like simple, simple things, but these are the kind of things that can can send a guy back to prison if if you, know, you lose contact with the satellites and, and mm. can't track where you're at. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the last 24 hours, he's had three different monitors. The, the first one just quit working. The second one wasn't acknowledging, and then the third one. He finally got the third one today that actually is is working correctly. But uh, the last thing you want to do is go to your go to your parole officer and have a broken monitor because that's uh, uh, that's a very stressful situation. But um, our group, both the men's and women's group, uh, have been praying for him, and and uh, and uh, we wrapped our arms around him, and and God led him through. So. Yeah, and this is part every bit as part of the the uh, ministry is seeing those those everyday wins, you know, as people would say, maybe you would never see it on the front of a newspaper. Well, you definitely would see it from the newspaper. We don't talk about this, but <laughs> like you wouldn't see it. At, usually it's a part of the, the main newsletter for some people, but it's it's things that God is doing in among us. Well, I, last time I was uh, involved before COVID hit. And then when after COVID hit, we were forced to stay in the cells. And we had about 13 guys get baptized anyway, even though we couldn't have meetings. Churches were shut down everywhere. Mm -hmm. But our little one-on-one -on -one sharing with one another uh, where they had been trained uh, resulted in 13 baptisms while COVID have everybody locked down. Now then what I had to do was get permission from the warden. And he said, well, you, and I said, yeah, we want to do this. And he said, okay, I'll let you do it. But you have to wipe down and Clorox bleach the tub between everyone. <laughs> you must wear full protective gear and you must wipe down the tub with Clorox every time. Well, I just grinned and I said, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> next thing you know, we got 13 guys getting baptized anyway. Now then, over the course of me retiring and not even being out there at all, then there was some guys who were still sharing and doing the work because that's what we're trying to do is mm -hmm. trying to keep, keep you know the gospel can't be stopped the only way the gospel can be stopped is if i stop sharing it and it mm -hmm. just stops just stops for me it didn't stop for everybody but anyway I'm actually, I, actually I, I want to hop in by. there and I want to hop in there and be able to, to, to share with uh, say that with what you, the point that you're making is that even though you were having some time that you're having to, to take off and being uh, wondering about retirement and all this different type of stuff is that because we have been to, you have been discipling the prisoners in such a way that they would be sharers of it, that they would be 
you know, sharing the stories and doing discovery Bible studies, because that's the way that you were doing it, they were able to continue doing it. So, you know, uh, so then now the, the forwarding of the gospel wasn't just up to Jack. It was also to these prisoners that you have trained that you bet that that they knew through Discovery Bible study how to be able to share with other people. So, you know, how wonderful that while even while you are having to deal with practical concerns and also through the the, the harshness of COVID and the restrictions on that, that those things were able to continue happening. When I got involved with Greg, I had already recruited, say, half a dozen people to work with. But when we added Greg to the formula, he was the special sauce, and it began to just to explode and, and grow, and God has used him tremendously. And I, I can't tell you how important that insider is. The indigenous person can do it for an outsider like me. I've been in the system for four years. I was a chaplain. I was supposed to be a good guy. I was supposed to be a minister of the gospel. But when we got a, an inside leader who's already been trained and brought up by God to be a leader in general, and then he got incorporated with the, the DMM stuff and CDM in particular, then it just began to explode. Now then, I'd like to say one other thing. Once, while Greg was in the prison and I was out, I started getting involved with parolees because I wasn't allowed back in the prisons yet. I got involved with the parolees. I started trying to go to their Bible studies, started trying to interact, and it just didn't just didn't get traction very well. That didn't stop me from trying, but it just didn't get traction until Mr. Special Sauce Got out. I'm going to have to start asking what kind of special sauce. We're talking about a sweet barbecue sauce and we talk a Polynesian sauce, you know. <laughs> I, think, I, I think we're going to have to get him a jersey. We're going to have to make CDM jerseys and we're going to have Greg's nickname now is going to be special sauce. That's just going to be, <laughs> that's just going to have to be it. He's going to hate it for life. You Greg, know. special sauce, Woodard. It's a good thing you're not in the Air Force, Greg, or that would have been stenciled on the side of your airplane. What, what's your special sauce, Eric? Uh, Greg, what's your special sauce? We'll get back to the podcast in just a minute. Let's hear from one of our CDM members. I'm Verita Michelle, and I'm a disciple maker in Texas. Several years ago, I learned about contagious disciple making. I heard about thousands of people and simple churches being formed in very hard places. I was intrigued. I found Contagious Disciple Making. I read the book by David and Paul Watson. I entered the university that they have, and there I found a community of disciple makers that are literally all over the world. I'm not alone. I have people who are praying for me and those I'm trying to reach out to. I've learned how to have conversations with non-believers I've learned how to have Discovery Bible studies, and it has been one of the greatest investments of my life. I encourage you, find out about CDM, support it, invest in it, learn, and especially on this Giving Tuesday, give generously. You can partner with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com slash partner, and make sure to join our live event November 29th on Facebook or the CDM app. 
I, I, my special sauce is I have the ability to look at situations and see what, what I can do to make sure things get implemented and get things get done. Uh, God has given me a willingness to, to uh, fellowship and to, uh, to uh, witness to people. And, and, uh, um, I tell Jack and you guys this all the time. I, I can talk to anybody. It doesn't matter if it's in, in the prison, if it's at Walmart, or it's at the gym, uh, my church group, I don't care. I mean, I, I'll talk to anybody about Jesus Christ. And, and I can't say that when I went to prison, when I went to prison in 2003, I'll, I'll admit I was a very angry person and, and, uh, had a lot of issues with PTSD and other things, but, you know, God used the time that I was in prison, the 19 years I was in prison to change my heart and to, to build the man that he wanted, uh, wanted to use. So, well, that's certainly something to celebrate now, isn't it, Greg? Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, uh, when Jack came in, into the Clements unit, he, he first, uh, uh, started wanting to do the, the DBS out there. Uh, we actually, because you don't have the direct one-on-one -on -one access with the guys all the time. You have to set up lay-ins and do all kinds of mechanical things to be able to get around that. Uh, we put together some tools to use out there. Uh, some little things like this little blue card that had the original eight questions on it. Uh, this little sheet to be able to record, you know, the, the answers to the questions. And so it made follow-up a lot easier. And the cool thing about that and what Jack was talking about, about things went on even after COVID, COVID went down. Um, I had on my pod, I had uh, six guys that were, were DBS guys with me on my pod. We couldn't have direct contact, but I could take this little sheet and I could put the scripture verse on it. And I could put each one of the six, other six guys' names on it. And I could sit it on a, on a table in the day room. And then the next guy pick it up. He did his part of it, answered all the questions and everything, and then put it back on the table. The next guy picked it up on the buildings where the guys were, were uh, locked down in, in cells. Uh, the SSI would take the, the uh, you know, sheath and then shift it from the next guy to the next guy to the next guy. So DBS went on even during COVID because, you know, everybody wants to hear God's word. They just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I, I love, love that. that. I'm gonna have to put that on. I'm gonna have to put that on uh, as a quote somewhere. <laughs> that, that'll definitely see that. That'll be on. Now we'll have special sauce, and then we'll have that underneath as the quote. Uh, that'll, that because that <laughs> that is. Me to wear a T-shirt that you give me. It better not have special sauce. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no stains on this shirt. Uh, no. <laughs> So, uh, absolutely. Well, you know, guys, I do have to say that when it comes to, uh, you know, a lot of principles here, Jack is right. An inside leader is really going to help uh, see this happen and be able to continue this going. Not to mention, if, you know, not just about one inside leader. You know, Greg wasn't the only prisoner that was taking this to other prisoners and uh, and everything. And that's the beauty of DMM. We saw in one year uh, the groups go from like, two or three groups to what was the number at the end? It was like 30 something groups, 32 groups, was it? Or by the, by the end with over 300 men involved in it. So, you know, again, it's all about saying that people can be quote leaders. They can pass things off to people even before they know Christ. 
Yeah, and I want to jump in here too and show exactly kind of what an inside leader does is so that for me, not being there in in all the the units and things like that walking around, you know, I know the principle. I know the discovery Bible study. I know the strategic objectives. I know I know the prayer that has to be behind it and everything. But it took the the inside leaders to be able to figure out to leave the sheet of to leave the sheet of paper in the day room for the next prisoner to pick it up. Uh, those kind of things, that asynchronous communication that became a way of adapting in the face of, of COVID where other people might have given up, the insiders were able mm -hmm. to troubleshoot that thing. The strategic objectives were still there. They were still accomplished. But the implementation, the tactical implementation, implementation uh, the situation required some different tactics in order to still accomplish the objectives. And I and I like that. And that's what an inside leader does is that they will sit there and they may adjust some of the tactics as long as the strategic elements and, and objectives are still accomplished. That's great. Jack? I just gonna say, and having CDM as a group, I had a, a mutual acquaintance through CDM called Jolene, who knew we were involved in prison work and when someone came to her asking help with doing discovery work or doing this in the prisons, she referred them to me. Next thing you know, we've got another group. We've got more baptisms and we've got the prayer calendar going all over. And she really has done some wonderful stuff. And all every member of that group, they're now three or four levels deep. Uh, God is working and it's because of the teamwork, the, you know, the fact that Jolene, even though I've never met her, she referred him to me. I was able to train them. And Greg, of course, was available too, but it was my contact name that got the start. And God's working and they're, uh, they're powerful, that group in Kentucky. Yeah, but we have multiple peoples who are active in prisons that have even reached out uh, to me just in the last like uh, couple of weeks that have said that they're interested in in applying these principles there uh, beyond the ones that we've already discussed. And so I think that a lot of people are interested in finding something that works. And and by works, I mean doesn't just isn't just I its success is not just isolated to a single prisoner. Its success is not isolated to what happens within the prison, but instead the success can spread from prisoner to prisoner wherever they go and ultimately out of the prison when they are released and and transform their their families, their communities, their AA group, their support network, whatever it may be. And of course the ultimate goal is we want them to see we want we want every prisoner to realize that in Christ they've been set free. We also want them to realize that um that they have a purpose for living and that that can define their lives and they can bear some incredible fruit. Uh, in, in the whole process. And then as a result, we want to see things restored. We want to see families restored where possible. We want to see men restored into being, and women restored into being uh, taxpayers and, and holding jobs and being able to even own perhaps companies one day. I've heard those stories as well. And we want to see uh, recidivism, those that are released and then are returning back to the prison population to go down in significant ways. Uh, not just a little bit, we're talking a significant amount. I'd like to see it cut 
cut down by at least a third, if not two thirds, as a result of movement happening among the prisoners. You know, just, go ahead, Jack. I was just going to say, when COVID hit our prisons, it not only locked them down, it forced some guys to move and relocate. Well, in that relocation, my trainees were scattered into 17 more units. Mm -hmm. So now we have connections and we're working and seeing the discovery process working in more units because the trainees got moved. It's kind of like the persecution scattered the Christians from their garden club in Jerusalem throughout the known Roman world. Yeah. Right. I actually was really about ready to talk about that, Jack. I'm glad you brought that up because we've had people, no, I, I, because I, you at, were able to add so many more details I didn't know to that. But because the, here's the principle, I, we've had people ask us, well, you know, this is, if you're, if our goal in DMM is to reach all peoples, this is just seems to be a very specific group, you know, what's going to come out of that. And, and, and the thing is, is without even us having to theorize about what that we've, we can say what we've already seen. You know, we've already seen, as you said, these prisoners, because they're being, uh, you know, they know how to be able to share the Bible themselves and they know how to do this when they leave, whether they go to another prison or whether they come out of the prison, they're taking it where they're going. And as we know, in our prisons, there's all different kinds of demographics inside of there and all different people that that represent that. And so as they go back out into various different communities, that's all now carriers of uh, the gospel, the carriers uh, of uh, discovery Bible study into all different areas of our, our, our society. So, uh, of course, we're going to be showing other people how to do this I mean, <laughs> more than just prisoners. But this is how just really, truly empowering a certain people group like this can really be able to spread. Uh, Greg, just real quick for me, um, what are the, if you were just to go off the top of your head, what are the kind of things that could happen in a prison and with a prisoner that would force them to have to move to a different place? What are the, the different situations that cause, that would create that so the gospel could spread? Well, the first thing is if, if a person has medical issues, they might end up getting transferred to another unit or they might have to go on, on what they call the medical chain. Uh, and then end up at a different different unit. Uh, if you have heat restrictions, like the Clements unit has a very limited area for people with heat, heat restrictions. So when they get too many, then they'll end up uh, transferring a bunch of them to another another prison unit. Um, you know, if they have uh, disciplinary issues or the big thing in Texas right now is that we're so short on guards. They're constantly moving guards around as well as as prisoners around to be able to keep the uh the ratios between guards and prisoners at a, at a, a level that's at least reasonable or at least manageable not necessarily reasonable right now so there there's a lot of a lot of those kinds of issues um medical restrictions is one of the big ones though so so I think that I think that there this is another important principle just hearing you guys here as I've been listening to you talk is that rather than see these uh, these as things as obstacles that would make us quit we saw them as oppor as potential opportunities if we could figure out how to leverage them and uh, I think that was I think that was a big one I know that uh, early on in the story 
um, we we face an issue where the warden, in order to keep gangs from forming, would occasionally declare what I call fruit basket turnover, where he just reshuffles everything, right? And uh, and and a lot of people would have said, "Hey, we only got seven lessons into the creation of Christ in this circumstance." And, oh, no, we got to give up or we need to shorten the list or we need to do all these other things. But you guys didn't accept that. And as a result, you made some adaptations. Jack, what was it that you did instead? Instead of giving up, what did you end up doing that allowed that to be leveraged and actually caused the gospel to explode inside the prison? Well, with the guys being shuffled around, we realized that we have to train and equip people quicker that hanging over uh, maybe having to move next week they don't know when it's going to be now we know we can't train them in one week in a 20-minute session but we can continue to pray and god knows when they're ready to move and when they're not god knows what he has for them and who he needs to speak to and not everybody that got moved was ready to begin training and start new groups but we can't control that all we know for sure is they've been exposed and we're contagious. That was all. That's so awesome. Go ahead, Greg. That, that's another reason why the, the prison radio show and the uh, uh, sending out the JPEGs is, is so important because when you get a, a guy that he goes to another unit and then he ends up being the only guy there, when he's still got somebody communicating with him, you know, either through the radio program or through the, the JPEG you know, text messages. And, and then hopefully soon uh, with the tablets, uh, we'll be able to pro provide information, provide support to them as well. And that's that's very, very important. So there are going to be a lot of viewers out there that have no idea what you mean by you say JPEG and all that. Why don't you just quit? You just tell us what let them know, you know, what that is about. OK, so the JPEGs are literally it's a it's a a text message that you send to a system inside the prison, and then they print it out in the mailroom and then send it to you just like it, you were getting a, a hard copy of an email. <laughs> and uh, so now, though, they have a tablet system that's going in in the Texas prison system. It's in about 12 units right now of the, the 109 units that are that are left now. And eventually we'll be able to, to change to the new medium and we'll be able to send text messages that send those same JPEG text messages right now directly to the tablets of the people that, that need them. And then they can take that and, and show their buddy, hey, this is the, the latest JPEG. You know, this is the latest uh, update on, on Discovery Bible Studies and the, the latest uh, you know, Discovery Bible study they did on the outside. And it's, it's really going to be kind of a neat thing, especially if we can get it where it's archived and then they can just pull up the archives. So if somebody misses one week, they can go back and look at the, the previous week and say, oh, that's what I missed. That that would be really great. So. That would be great. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM Podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.